Welcome to the Honor TV podcast. We're the podcast for health professionals and the wider community looking to explore diverse ideas in health, ask some hard questions, and have some honest conversations. My name is EP. <laughs> My name is Archie. I'm an EP based on Sydney's All the Beaches. And joining me as always is Allied Health Business Owner. Andrew, Andrew, how are you today? <laughs> I'm good, mate. <laughs> how are you going? Is that everything okay with you? Fucking horrible is what it was. That, that was, was different. That might be the worst start I've ever done. Now people know that I never edit and redo the starts because I just said my name is EP um, and I'm an Archie based out of Northern Beaches. But I love that you've continued and you I haven't let, that, you haven't let I, that throw you. I looked, you ar- I looked around the room. I was like, should I restart? And I went, Fuck it. I think this is, this is more for the podcast. Um, we have another person in the room today. We have Sarah from Simply Stronger in Melbourne, who's come up all the way to Sydney to be with us in person, which is wild. So I mentioned Sarah and I mispronounced your name last time you're on here. You did. I said you did Sarah because I panicked that there was no H. Um, <laughs> like, does that mean I say it differently? I figured it was a 50 50. It was a 50 50. Sometimes I spell my name in brackets with a H yeah, so okay. that people know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I do have an alias on my email address so that uh, when people spell it with a H, it still comes through. Oh, wow. No one spells it right. Oh, that's actually really that's very smart. clever. Yeah. yeah, well done. Okay. Hmm. Maybe I it's should a simple thing. Yeah, a simple thing. There you go. Um, so in a month earlier this year, I can't remember what month it was, um, we got a package and it had four beers in it and they were beautifully laid out and there was a lovely handwritten note and it was from you. And my first thought was someone listens to the podcast, <laughs> which is amazing because, you know, you see downloads. But I was like, does anyone actually listen to it or is it just like, Automatic download and then... Oh, apparently it's all me. Apparently it's all me. <laughs> <laughs> so so all thank you, downloads. our one listener. Wait, but if you're in here, who's going to be listening? <laughs> Everyone I share this with. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very yes. good. The entire yeah. network. The entire Melbourne EP scene. That's um, So then we messaged um, and I was like, first of all, thank you for sending us a note and mm-hmm. some beers. That was wonderful. And then we were like, should we do a podcast? I was like, yeah, do you want to do it over Zoom? And you're like... No, I'll come up for it. I was like, what? It's <laughs> like to Sydney. Um, so maybe maybe start there and tell us, uh, you know, how, why you made the decision to, to come up, but also um, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, general. brilliant. So uh, my name's Sarah and I run a practice called Simply Stronger down in Victoria. Um, it's in Caulfield North. Um, so any excuse to go and um, enjoy the northern beaches and had a lovely walk along the coast this morning, which was just beautiful. beautiful. While I hear it is belting down rain in Melbourne. So uh, <laughs> sorry for your loss. Not, not a hard choice. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for your loss, Melbourne. Um, but for me, it has been a year of um, growing as a business owner. So I've been getting out there and seeing lots of different businesses around Australia. I was in Brisbane um, last month, so I got to see a couple of practices up there and more and more around Melbourne as well. So it's been really good to be able to get out and see the different ways that EPs practice. Um, I qualified quite a long time ago, so um, the way that practicing itself has changed and even back when I qualified the uni I went to was very musk based and you either Mm. went to Ballarat and it was musk or you went to VU and it was cardio and neuro and that that was kind of your specialty from the outset and all of that has really changed over the years so it's been really good to get out there and see how that has changed Mm. and the different ways that people have taken their practices and Mm. it's been great to spend the day at rehab rebound 
to come and see what you guys do. There you go. So, so mess around and do silly things and yeah, and, and oh, balls and balloons and, and, and lots of balloons, lots of ball throwing. Yeah. <laughs> Not much weights going on here. Um, <laughs> I, I just realised we haven't even cracked a beer yet. No, um, we but haven't. But also from the outset of listening to your podcast, I just love the idea of the beers and um, I am a big fan of beer too. So <laughs> straight away I was Wonderful. like, well, I need to send these boys some beers. <laughs> sure. And then uh, we went from there. Uh, so the first one I'm going to start with from Bonehead Brewing. It is called Raise a Glass. So mm. we are raising a glass to meeting and catching up and hanging out together. Awesome. It's a West Coast IPA from um, Bonehead uh, in Kensington in Victoria. So if anyone knows where Flemington Racecourse, you know, mm. the race that stops a nation, that is uh, where you will find mm. Bonehead. Wow. That's a nice IPA. That is a nice IPA. I love it. It's two standard drinks. Yeah. Whew. Do you need a lift home tonight? <laughs> might the you might be getting the B one. So have you been to this brewery? Do they have like I a... haven't actually been to this one, but I quite like a West Coast. Yeah. Um, so yeah. when I saw this in the bottle shop, I thought, mm, mm. yes, that sounds good. And I like the name and the can was cool too. It's a sick can. There's, there's mm. basically a big explosion going on there with two beers chinked on the front. Um, it looks pretty epic. It's great. Mm. Um, can you... Oh, because we talked... Uh, we went for a beer yesterday uh, and uh, you would clearly know your beer a lot. I know that on your uh, app called yeah, Untapped, Ta- Untapped yeah. um, you have over a thousand different beers registered yep. on there, uh, yep. which is very impressive. <laughs> what is the difference between a West Coast IPA and a not West Coast IPA? Uh, a lot of it comes down to the hops that they're okay. going to be using in it and the flavour mm. profile. So. Um, most of the time you're looking at a West Coast versus like a um, New England or a Nipah. Mm. Um, and Nipahs are often really quite hazy and really juicy. Okay. So they taste a lot like a breakfast juice, oh. um, mm. but in a beer. Whereas a hazy can still be juicy, but um, is uh, much more hoppy and, and flowery and flavorful where mm. a West Coast you can taste it's quite um, flowery and fragrant in the way that you yeah right taste it so okay very good comes that, down to the hops that is like way more <laughs> insight <laughs> we've got some upskilling to do with our with our beer <laughs> it's like the, the the most in depth our beer chat goes is um, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't and then, good. And then reading what's on the label. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even done that yet. Oh, my God. Sometimes you do remark on the colour um, when it's a dark beer or yes. something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A very dark beer today. <laughs> Out of a black can. Out of a black can, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Not transparent at all. I did oh, consider dear. bringing in sours to see how oh, you go. Oh, we would have mm. given them a go. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're pretty mainstream. We're, we're so... We're kind of boring with our beer, aren't we? Mm. I feel like we, we don't explore that much and we only really explore as much as whatever the Bayfields has down the road. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's a big chain, you know, they don't go too too crazy in their beers. Well, either. I figured this was a perfect opportunity to bring some up from Victoria mm. uh, and broaden your horizons. Mm. Well, we never drink beers from other states, really, unless someone tells us to. Yeah. So this is great. Mm. I'm very, very happy. And it's a delicious beer. Mm. Glad you're enjoying it. Um, so you were saying that you went to Ballarat 
Um, did? Quick, yep. quick, quick question for you off that. Um, from the EPs you know who are finishing uni now, compared to what you were doing at Ballarat Uni, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say when. I don't know when. Back when you guys were kids sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Grandparents of EP it's here. Fine. I'm, I'm happy to admit that I graduated in 2005. Wow, yeah. there you go. Andrew, when were you? 2006. Oh, you beat me. Yeah. The real matriarch of EP. Yeah. <laughs> you take a little step down now, wow. mate, from your I pedestal. Down, down from your pedestal. Good. Take your badge <laughs> off as the grandfather. <laughs> um, how different does it sound, the course-wise, for EPs then and now? Quite different. I mean, back in, back in my day, I can't mm-hmm. believe I just said that, but yes, yeah, back in good. my day... We had um, quite an intensive anatomy component to the course. Um, I would spend every Thursday morning in the anatomy lab with cadavers, um, you know, literally dissecting and learning so much more about that than um, what the students are coming out with now. Mm. They, they don't have the in-depth knowledge that we had of um, the muscles and tendons mm. and ligaments and all of that sort of stuff but they know so much more about chronic conditions than what mm. we were taught i do not remember discussing diabetes really surely yeah. it came up mm. i don't remember fascinating it. we did a mm. lot on um assessments understanding special tests the idea was that if we understood all of that then we get referrals from physios we can actually read them and understand them and Mm. and know a whole lot more about what we should be doing with people based on the information that we have Mm. and if we don't understand what that report tells us then what are you meant to do with that um so we did more testing and analysis um and assessment of people back then as well um but you would always preface it with this isn't my day-to-day Right. Mm. Yes, I can do an anterior draw and, you know, have a fairly good idea of what's going on with your ACL, mm. but it's not my day to day. That was what a physio did. So you would send people off for that. And it also meant that um, we we had a really good relationship with the physios. We knew exactly what we did, they knew what we did, we knew what they did, and it worked really, really well. And I think those lines have blurred a little Mm. bit over time Mm. with particularly over the last couple of years with physios figuring out how useful exercise is and Mm. how we can do more of that when you can't get as hands-on with people Mm -hmm. but um getting back to your point as how the uni courses have changed the what the students coming out with now is a a much much broader knowledge Mm. i think um and quite often i'm saying to my staff like they'll come to me saying you know what um how do i treat this and i'm like you have a much better idea of what that looks like than i do you want to know about a particular exercise that's my cup of tea like Mm -hmm. i know how to tailor exercises Mm. everything is modifiable Mm. um, and you can adapt everything to Mm. any body that's in front of you Mm. Um, and certainly as a practitioner, I think that was always my skill set mm. was being able to work with whatever that person had mm. in front of me and, and being able to figure out an exercise that got done what they wanted to achieve. Mm. Mm. I feel like also that if you've been practicing for, say, 15, no, four. It's a while, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll just say, <laughs> ten, I'll just say 10 plus years. <laughs> yep. Um, you've probably seen most things come through the door more than once, uh, which I feel like is a huge 
help when it comes to experience and helping other people um, that you can just go like, oh, I, I can kind of read this person's personality a little bit um, and I can probably have an idea about what kind of people they've seen already and what their journey has been like through this health condition. So then you can relate to people incredibly well. Like every time I talk to a more experienced practitioner, their interpersonal skills are generally really good and they can generally read people like clients who come in the door really well. That's what I find anyway with really good experienced practitioners. Whereas, um, and I know I still get this, is I'll have people come in the door to see me and I was like, oh, haven't had a person with your kind of personality before. Um, and then I'm spending a bit of time trying to work out how best to communicate with them uh, to, to match them and work out uh, how our personalities are going to um, work together and yeah, that sort of thing. And I then can understand that. Even newer practitioners go, well, this is the first time I've had a person present with knee pain that looks like this. Um, and then everything's new to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. And I think you do, over time you get, um, it feels like it's innate. Like you just know how to read people and mm. talk to them and, and it has to have just come from experience because surely when I first graduated, mm. I had no idea. But I remember specifically um, clients coming to me and saying, you know, that they're doing lunges and they're feeling it in their back leg but in the quad. And I'm like, that's not where it's meant to be. Why is it there? And I would, if I couldn't figure out what was going on at the time, I'd wait till they left and then I'd do it wrong until I felt it in that spot so that I could cue it differently mm. when they came back. Because mm. I'd realise, oh, actually, it's because you just need to stretch that mm. or maybe you need to load in this area better mm. or whatever that was, but mm. I would spend the time to get to know that. And when you had those experiences with people um, on a personal level where you couldn't connect with them, mm. rather than just going, oh, that's just them, they, you know, they just don't vibe with me, and mm. it is always okay. If you have a client that that is not the right fit for you, mm. it's totally fine, mm. and being okay with that mm. um, is, and I guess that just comes with growth as well. But... Um, you learn from those experiences um, and you can watch when you get to work in bigger clinics like this, you can watch other practitioners and you can see sessions that go really, really well and you learn from that and you can mm. see sessions that aren't going well mm. and how you can learn from those as well and go, mm. okay, yeah, I would have tried this. doesn't mean it would have worked better, um, but my instinct is to go this way instead and see how that goes. Mm. That's really interesting. Do you feel like the... Uh, reading people and this is going to segue a little bit to a topic we want to talk about today do you feel like the reading people um, and uh, comes to networking skills as well with uh, you do you feel like you can meet another health professional and kind of work out their vibe and how you'll match with them reasonably quickly yeah I think so and again that comes from um, just years of practice mm. um but i mean all networking really is is building relationships yeah right and um it's just one small step to build to the next step to the next to the next to the next and that might be as simple as just commenting on a facebook post or a linkedin post or any of those sorts of things mm. um and then when you've commented a few times and they comment back or maybe you send someone beers and then you're on their <laughs> podcast <laughs> well that worked yeah. <laughs> all of our melbourne clients are gonna go to you now. <laughs> 
But, you know, it's it's not that hard to build relationships. Mm. When we have new grads coming through Simply Stronger, it is such a daunting task when you're like, right, so networking. Mm. Um, but when you break it down to how you just build relationships um, and so commonly, like I, I once wrote them an email and listed out the 20 things I had done that week that were all networking based and it was not even things that I'd even thought about. It was that I'd emailed this particular dietitian or someone and I'd done so many different things that were, um, you know, one of them I'd been to a networking event because I'm part of the Women's Health Collective. So we have um, monthly or bi-monthly events. And then from there, you'd met this person, you would send them some details and send some postcards to someone else. And all these other things, they have these flow on effects and it becomes really easy. Mm. Um, so I'm sure you found this, Andrew, that over time, you, once you've built those networks, you just foster them. Mm. And it's not complex. But teaching that can be really hard. Is that something that you do at Simply Stronger? You're teaching your new grads like how to do this? Trying to, yeah. Trying to, yeah. <laughs> um, to varying degrees of success because it's... it's um, I think for a long time we had, I had such a solid reputation in our area. So we have a great network of allied health and um, a reasonable GP network as well. Um, and then w if I wasn't fostering that because I was spending more time working on the business and no one's fostering that and those kind of referrals started to dwindle and my staff even a couple of years in are saying to me, so who's the physio that you would send this person to? And I'm like, you need to find one. You need to build your own network. And they're doing that now, which mm. is great, but it had to be taught. It's not something that we teach them at uni. Um, and you need to be able to have that experience and um, spend some time building those relationships. And I think one of the things that I've found is the go-to is to send an email and that's really easy to ignore. Mm. So you if might you... might as well put like a letter in a post box. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that no one's going to bother yeah, opening. exactly. Yeah. It'll just go on a stack. And I mean, emails, they're just... It's a dime a dozen. There's so many of them and so much spam. Mm. Um, if you want to get someone's attention, you've got to do something different. you know. And maybe phone calls are not the right way. And emails are brilliant when you've got a relationship, but they're not necessarily the way to start a relationship. Mm. So where do you start then? Usually uh, I will call or I will, um, often it'll be sending messages over Instagram now. Um, really? Yeah, a lot of the um, business owners that I network with, I send them messages over Instagram and that's how we communicate. Like Artie and I yeah. don't have each other's phone numbers, no, but we've I, just talked over I Instagram. I called you over you Instagram did. yesterday. <laughs> Interesting that it's default was yeah. not to turn on the microphone when you made a phone call. Either. Well, I was, it's not in the same <laughs> position. Like it's not in the, the, the entire like user interface on Instagram calling is so different to any I, other phone call thing. Hmm. And I felt like I was 90 years old. I'd gone, hello, is there, is anybody there? Can you hear me? Wait, I can't work out this thing. I was like, fuck. And I was on the other end going, why isn't, I can hear him, but I'm, but my noise isn't coming through and the microphone wasn't automatically turned on. No. 
for a call. Yeah, fucking stupid. Mm. <laughs> Instagram, ridiculous. there you go. Yeah. Fix that. Fix yeah. that meta. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, dickhead. Uh, oh, sorry, Mark. <laughs> please, don't, please don't cancel that. <laughs> don't cancel our Instagram. <laughs> but yeah, like um, I, that's probably where I'm most active mm. in my professional network is, is Instagram. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, for, for me, it's LinkedIn. I think that's the what what you said before about you know um, po- uh, commenting on on posts and just sort of showing up and showing up and showing up and then they'll start engaging with you and and that's when you can actually that's when you DM someone yeah right it's not like because I don't know about you but I get a lot of people sending me DMs through LinkedIn yep. I'm like and ninety nine point nine percent of them are just people like cold emailing you or cold messaging yeah. you and it's like yeah. straight to I'm not going to read that whereas if I've seen the name a few times and like I've seen them comment like I'm much more likely to yeah absolutely. start a conversation with somebody on that because it, it's the same thing like um, you know it think of it as an in-person thing right you've gone to the conference you've gone to the different networking events and the same faces pop up and you're like I've seen you here before. So you mm. go up and have a conversation despite the fact that you've never met. You don't know each other. Mm. Um, you probably, in that instance, don't know a whole lot about each other, just that there must be something in common here. Mm. Um, but you can have that conversation because there's that commonality going mm. on. And mm. whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram or even Facebook for some people, whatever that networking is, you just start by paying attention and getting to know different people. And unless you've got, um, like some of my team have reached out to particular um, other allied health people because they have seen what they've done in the social media space and they have a genuine question about that. And like, we are like-minded people. Can we talk about this thing? And they've been invited into their clinics to come mm. out and see them mm. and actually mm. have a chat and build that relationship further. Mm. These aren't even people that are ne- necessarily in our demographic. So they're not likely to supply them clients, but they might supply them answers when mm. they have some questions in the future. Mm. And mm. networking, I think the key thing to remember is it's not all about referrals. Mm. Yes, referrals will come from that sort of stuff but there's nothing about buying beers for you guys and coming up to Sydney that Mm. is going to get any referrals to my clinic Mm. but I might have business-based questions in the future that Mm. I could Mm. reach out to Andrew because Mm. he knows me now Mm. and we have a relationship. Mm. So doing little things along the way that build to bigger things, Mm. you know, that's how you build relationships. Mm. Mm. I wonder if going into uh, networking with the outcome being I need to have a number of clients that I get out of this is kind of barking up the wrong tree and going in with the wrong expectations or goals. Well, you, you think about the conversation that iterates from that, right? Mm. Because if, if you're going in to sell yourself, mm. like you don't build rapport somebody, with somebody by talking about yourself. Because people find sales yucky. Exactly. Mm. And I don't, I, like if I'm, met you for the first time and you just sat there for 10 minutes talking about yourself like that's that's kind of boring you'd love that though because then you would have <laughs> well, introverted me is yeah, like yeah. thank christ because now i don't have to talk yeah. but also like but i haven't I've taken a genuine off. care in you yeah 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 right yeah exactly mm. yeah and mm. you hear other people talk about um if you want to network with people you got to find their problem and find the solution for their problem and present that to them and there's some truth in that in 
I always make sure that when I'm meeting with other allied health, it's like, okay, so tell me a little bit about the clients that you see so that if there's anyone that we can send your way, mm. um, you know, who of our clients are going to be a good fit for your brand and, mm. and those sorts of things. I'm never asking them, you know, who can they send my way? Mm. And if they have people, they're going to offer that information mm. because you've got a like-minded interest and in mm. the way that you think and the way that you practice. Mm. So you're not going to be undermining each other because that's everyone's biggest fear when they're sending someone out into the multidisciplinary world mm. is that you're going to have your information undermined by someone else or they're going to tell them a different story that contradicts and or confuses, doesn't even have to contradict, but just adds that layer of confusion when it's taken you so long to get this person to understand what you want them to do in the first place. Absolutely. That is, that is, you've, you've put a nail on the head of like my main concern when I send someone out or someone says, I've been seeing this person and I go, oh no. And it's like, what, what have they told you? It's like my first question is, oh, what, you know, what, what did they say or what did you learn from them? And I'm on edge because I'm really worried that all this work that I've done to, to have them you know, believe this certain narrative around their health um, is going to change because someone's just thrown a nocebic comment at them uh, and now everything's undone. You know, they, they've cut the bottom off the ladder. And it's like, oh, no, don't mm. start again. So absolutely right. Like I, I, in networking, I want to find out as much as possible about the other person and how they practice and how they'd answer these questions so I can learn myself, but then also how, if I can learn, um, so I can learn about them to know whether I'd trust them with my clients. Um, and I think that is the, definitely the first step before I'd go, so who can you send me? Um, mm, no way, no, we're not, go, not going anywhere near that question. Mm. Um, especially uh, like if you ask someone the first time you meet someone, uh, then what are you doing? That's like, you know, running into someone on the street and then going, do you want to buy a car off me? It's like, fuck <laughs> off. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave, yeah. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Yeah. Stop sell it. me a house. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you might as well be a real estate agent. Yeah. 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 Mm. I don't know about you, Sarah, but one of, one of my, like very early on when I was doing the networking thing and sort of picking up off what Archie was saying before there, I, I would go and be a patient of theirs so if it was a chiro or a massage therapist or whatever, yep. I would actually be a patient of theirs so that I could, mm. to your point, I could learn the way that they're going to talk to me about mm. what's going on with my shit. Mm. Um, and hopefully that is similar to what they would be saying to their patients. Mm. And I, I would often, when I've done that in the past, I would hold back who I am. Mm. Um, because I want to get that patient experience, not that other allied health experience. Absolutely. Because the language is completely different. Super different. Mm. Um, but on that note, my GP recently retired. Now, she was a great referrer and most of um, the GPs in that practice refer to our um, clinic as well, which is fantastic. Um, but I didn't know which one of them I wanted to see. So I've been trialling them. Mm. And I walked into the first one um, with my Simply Stronger shirt and my Simply Stronger hat on <laughs> and walked Love in. And a flag. <laughs> <laughs> the hat was enough because yeah. I walked in and I'm like, oh, sorry, I should take my hat off. I'm inside. 
And um, she went, right, Simply Stronger, I have been sending people your way um, and spent 15 minutes talking to me about our business, what she wants to know, who she wants to send, is this the right fit? All of these questions before we got to what I was actually there Mm. for, Mm. um, which was fine because it was a pap smear and I'm not excited about those. (laughs) But anyway... What right. clients do you like, Pasty? What? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> Sorry, go on. But it was great to have that rapport with her. Mm. And um, we then not only got EPCs in the um, coming like couple of months after her, we got referrals where she's, um, we've had clients come in saying, so my doctor won't write me an APC for this, or I've used it in the past this year or whatever, Mm. but she recommended that we come and see Mm -hmm. you, right? Because we'd managed to have that conversation that I could have, I have rung that clinic. I know the, Mm. um, the practice Practice nurse, um, which that was, again, I needed an iron infusion. So I had 45 minutes with the practice nurse. We Mm. had a great conversation. Nice. Um, So in that time, we get to, they get to know me, they get to know the business, they get to ask any questions that they want to ask. Now, you don't necessarily get to do that with GPs all that often. This is a unique experience, but certainly with other allied health, that if you are willing to go and actually pay your money to experience what is going on for them, um, then, you know, they know that you're legit and that you're actually trying to build a connection Mm. and understand what it is that they Mm. do. Mm. What I take from that is like just being, oh, the word that comes to mind is opportunistic, right? Not in a bad sense, but in like a, oh, like there's an opportunity for me to spend a bunch of time with someone and instead of like pulling out your Instagram and going all internal, you're engaging in a conversation with them because they're there. And when you go and meet the practice nurse, same thing, like it's there's somebody there to talk to, so I'm going to talk to them. Yeah. Not just like pull out your phone and, and try and like hide yourself. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, even if you are quite introverted as some people are, we... You want to hide sometimes, but you need to, like, you're not ashamed of what you do. Mm. You know, you're good at your job. Mm. Why not tell people about Mm. it? Mm. Even um, the gym that I go to, so um, they do functional fitness classes, whatever that means. Whatever functional means. We used to run functional movement classes. We did. How fun was that? (laughs) As opposed to dysfunctional movement classes. Yeah. Yeah. They were always on the Friday afternoon, the dysfunctional ones, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I go to these classes and I don't present myself as an exercise physiologist. I just go because I don't have to think in that time. I do a lot of thinking in my day-to-day. Mm. It's really nice to just go there, do my thing and walk away. Mm. A couple of weeks ago, there was a woman there who clearly was trying to modify stuff um, and it's like 45 seconds on... 15 seconds off, move to the next thing. And she and I were in the same workout space at the time. And I'm like, I'll oh, just change the grip, do this, da da da. Um, so afterwards, she came up to me and she said, You know, you made these couple of changes. They were really easy and, and it worked. Mm. Um, yeah, that's fine. Great. I'm glad. Why'd you do it? Mm. Okay. I'm an exercise physiologist. Mm. I have a practice. It's only about a kilometer away from here. That's what I do. She is now a client. Mm. Mm. Not my client with one of my staff, mm. which is fantastic, mm. but um, it 
I didn't go in there to present that, mm. but the opportunity presented itself mm. and I'm not going to hide behind that. Mm. Mm. Love that. It's really interesting. And I- when, when you get used to it, it comes really easily. It's kind yeah. of like, have you ever done any fundraising? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you hear that in your voices. Oh. It's unpleasant, isn't it? Yeah. But once you get into the role of it, mm. you can fundraise the shit out of it. Yeah. Towards the end right? of the day, of a fundraising day, you don't care anymore. Yeah. You just talk to people. Yeah, it's good. Whatever. Hey, yeah. whatever. Yeah, give me money. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I know that. Like the start of a like we go to the NDIS Expo um, mm-hmm. once a year. Um, uh, out in the ICC and the start of the day day one you're a little nervous again to like hello mm. hi mm. come and talk to us um, by the end of the day like people walking around you go hey how you going come on over here <laughs> come talk to me and like you you're like I've already talked to 100 people who are you mm. just another number yeah <laughs> you know? it's like, absolutely it's easy. yeah, yeah. Even last week we had, um, so I made a little QR code for the removal of GST petition that's going around at the moment. Very nice. It's on our front desk. Every client that walked in the door. Oh, what a can great you, idea. Can you help me out? I will, give um, us 10% doing the, we're more doing revenue, this. please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm yes. just waiting for them to turn around and be like, so when are you going to discount our session? Yeah, it's Ooh. like, no, no, no. This is going <laughs> to no, 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 no. stop the prices from going up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a small delay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I think my takeaways from what you guys have um, said about networking is being opportunistic in a good way that like... Um, you know, not hiding from what you do in public uh, when it comes up. Uh, but, you know, we're in a role and we have the knowledge to help people. And if people ask or if you notice something that you can help or you know, suggest something, just be yourself and yourself is someone who helps people on a daily basis. Uh, so more of like the more indirect, uh, not that I'm going to a meeting to, to meet this person for a networking meeting, uh, just kind of, any opportunity is an opportunity mm. to do. And then also uh, going into it, not with the expectation of referrals, but going with the expectation to learn, have a conversation and build a relationship. Um, and uh, the other one I thought of, which is what you said, Sarah, is if someone has seen your name a bit more and you've interacted with them uh, on social media, or on LinkedIn or something, they're more likely to respond to you than if you cold contact them yeah. out of nowhere whether that's email call a e- uh, message whatever if you have engaged with them already and or they've just seen you around at something they're more likely to go yeah i'll have a conversation with you mm. i think that's some really really useful tips how do you go or how have you found it goes trying to convey this advice and experience to uh, clinicians with no experience in networking Um, It's been an interesting road uh, because as I say, like this all feels really natural and easy to me. Mm. So it's like, you know, um, back at uni when you had to uh, learn how to teach someone to throw a ball and Mm. you're like, better I just do this. Yeah. And you had to then practice it with your non-dominant arm so that you could break down each of those steps or how you first learned to drive a car you break down each of those steps. That's what I had to do with this was just to think about, all right, what are all the different steps 
and um, and try and break that down so that it becomes an achievable thing mm. rather than you need to go out and find this network. Mm. Um, you know, it's taken me years to build mm. mine mm. Um, and from a variety of sources. Mm. So you... Um, you start with setting some achievable goals with, okay, you should interact with X many, um, not people, but it could be it could be comments on posts or emails or phone calls or whatever, but set yourself a number that's realistic each week that you're going to keep up that, um, that relationship. Plus, for my team, um, I encourage them to get out to three or four physical networking events because Mm. being in Melbourne during COVID, all that shit shut down. Mm. We don't do face-to-face courses as much. Mm. Everything we learn is online now. So getting people face-to-face again is so meaningful when you're building those relationships. When you can be in a room with someone it, it just has um, so much more context. Mm. Um, so getting them back out there to actually spend time with people in these kinds of ways. Um, and, you know, for the last couple of months, that's what they've been doing is, is um, you know, whether it's a professional development course that they want to do or um, an actual networking event, whatever it is, they're trying to make sure that they're getting out there mm. and doing that stuff face to face. So we actually hosted a networking event at Simply Stronger last month. Um, that was part of the Women's Health Collective, which mm. they have these in each state. Mm. Yeah. Um, and in Victoria, we um, I've attended quite a few of them um, and eventually it was my turn to host. And I went, okay, so I've got a topic. Guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and a client of mine who's um, a transgender female, I asked her to come and speak to us and it was honestly amazing. She had so much information for us and was genuinely an open book, um, like talked about everything, um, everything that went th- they went through in the surgeries, mm. um, all so much information. Mm. And the people who were there, you could just talk to them. They were so engaged in the conversation Mm. and it was in a way um because there is so much as someone who um is cis and um straight i've got no idea no fucking clue going into Mm. this space Mm. um and when rora first came to me um she i used to see her for an entirely different medical condition Um, And after a half dozen sessions, she wrote me an email saying, um, I have really enjoyed our time together and I just want you to know that I'm trans. Um, So thank you so much for everything that you've done. But if you don't want to be a part of my care anymore, then I totally understand that. Oh. Yeah. That's That's a... a, a the, The fact that they felt the need to send that email in the first place just kind of gives you a little insight into how tough Mm. of a situation they're in. Yeah. Mm. And in this presentation, she spoke about how she felt that that was her expectation of everyone, 
her medical professionals, mm. her friends, family, everyone. Um, and the story that she told about when she actually went and told um, her dad because her mum had wow. passed, yeah. she had, um, after telling him and they'd had a bit of a chat and he went out of the room and came back with the baby name book that he um, that his mum, <laughs> her mum and her dad had, um, you know, been choosing yeah. names prior to knowing that, she was born a male, mm. um, and they picked a name from that. Really? Um, her that dad? Had, yeah. Incredible. That was one of the names that her mum and her dad had picked out wow. before she was born. Mm. That's incredible. And it was just, I felt like that was one of the most accepting ways that mm. you could possibly have for someone. So to have this opportunity to have um, someone who was willing to answer any question that we mm. had was really brilliant. And... Um, so my staff got to experience that and everyone else who came to this networking event. Um, it was really, really great. Mm. And one of the key takeaways that we got um, from that um, was that you don't have to be an expert to be an ally. I had, uh, when I'd first replied to Aurora's email... Um, I had straight away responded to it going, I just want you to know that 100% mm. I'm on your team. Mm. I want to help you yeah. um, so much, but I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you're happy to learn with me, mm. then, you know, we're, we're great. Um, but I totally understand if you need someone who actually knows what they're doing. Mm. Turns out there's not many EPs who, who no. do no. Um, <laughs> in that area. space, right? Yet. There are, Yet. There yep. are more, but yep. this, again, this was um, probably five, six years ago as well. Mm. So um, very new and to Rora's credit, she just said, no, I, I want someone who cares. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter how much you know. And she reiterated that again that, um, you know, we had been, I'd been cautious about putting anything on our website or, you know, really calling out that um, we're an LGBTQIA safe space, which mm. of course we are, mm. um, because I'm not an expert. Mm. But um, she said, no, no, that's just a logo that lets us know that you're safe. Mm. We're not expecting experts mm. because the percentage of people who are trans is so small. Mm. Um, they just want to know that they're safe. Mm. Um, and it was really, really interesting in uh, um, the time leading up to this, I was actually looking through a bunch of different allied health websites um, to see what they had in there um, up on their website, whether they had this logo or anything. And I only found one. In the 30 websites that I went through, hmm. you want to guess where it was? Was it was it Rebound Health? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it and, genuinely and, was. And look, that wasn't there prior to, what, March, April this year. Yep. Um, yep. And, and, and fully on board with the, we are not experts. Uh, we are definitely allies. Um, but it wasn't until... We had uh, one of our new grad physios come on board who was particularly passionate about the area, uh, provide some education to us about um, the, the population and how we can be allies. Mm -hmm. And we're like, yeah, absolutely. We didn't know that there was something that we should be doing to 
um, support. And we're like, what, what can we do? And it's like, we'll start with this, with the rainbow tick and welcome here. And it's like, oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, no question. Yeah. And it's like, well, w- what do we do with it? Uh, it's like, well, you, you, you put it at your front desk to start. Uh, you put it on the website. Yeah. Um, and that was super valuable. She did mm. an in-service, um, which was super, super valuable to us as well. Like the entire team. We've done a couple of them now, mm. actually. Um, where Kate has um, just kind of been through some education around uh, transgender health and gay health uh, in mm-hmm. general, which was all new information uh, to me and I think quite a lot of the team, especially from our little Northern Beaches bubble here, um, super, super interesting that you definitely don't learn that at uni. No, interestingly enough, uh, one of my new grads, she graduated, so they finished in June, Mm. I think, and her course had um, an element in there. Really? Um, Yeah. What uni was that? Deakin. Yeah, okay. Um, So it's clearly starting to get to the forefront, which I think is really important. Incredible. um, Because, again, if you don't have that lived experience, where else are you going to get that knowledge? Mm. Um, But being able to put the sign on your door Mm. and put the sign on your website, like Mm. we had the sign on our door. And again, it was only in June that I put it on my door Mm. um, because it was um, Gay Pride Month. And I'm like, Mm. well, of course, this Mm. is... Yes, we mm. should. Mm. Um, you know, and you talk about being in a um, Northern Beaches bubble. Mm. Where we are is five k's from the Pride Centre. Yeah, right. Right. So it's not exactly a bubble, mm. but it's not. Um, it's still. I I couldn't tell you if there's anyone who's queer in our clinic. Mm. You know, the, it's not a conversation that we tend to have with people, which is also fine. Mm. Mm. But we want people to know that they are safe mm. in that space mm. it's a very easy place to start right and i imagine for your client um knowing they were safe was the most important thing uh over are you an expert in this area absolutely yeah yeah she said every time hands down it they're not expecting experts um what they want is someone who is willing to learn and listen mm. Mm. Andrew, when the conversation came up um, with, with Kate and Sol physios about uh, what we can do, was that quite an? I imagine it was quite an easy decision. I for think you it to, was like a ten-second conversation. Yeah, like, and then it was more like, well, you know, how? Yeah, it was like, um, you know, this is this is an idea. It's like great. Like, where do, where do we want to put it? It's yeah. like uh, on the website. Uh, we've got a little sign at the front on email signatures it's mm. like okay mm. do it yeah like it's really I, I think your point about just being the safe space for everyone like that's what we're trying to be mm. right so how well does that align with our values and and as a group of people it's like an immediate yes mm. it's like okay well mm-hmm. whatever we need to do mm. That's a very easy way to look at it when you look at our values and go, well, what are they? It's like, well, we are for the people which, and it's all about our community uh, and um, it's also about our team as well mm. and in every place there and, you know, we are family. Like everything is about inclusivity. Yep. So it like that's... Yeah. And, and look, without, without going into too much detail there, it was 
it was brought to us by somebody in the team mm. and it had special meaning to that person mm. in the team. Mm. And so it was like, okay, like, absolutely. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. No question. And I, and I appreciate like that that might have been for them something very yeah. difficult. Absolutely. Right? Because that could be bringing to light something that they might not be wanting to disclose to their employer mm. or have a light shot on them saying, mm. oh, now I'm, I'm labeled as this thing. Whereas mm. just before I was a... Uh, just a, mm. you know, whatever. One team, yeah. Um, so, like, there's a lot of respect for me in that person kind of bringing that forward and, mm. like, wanting this to be part of, you know, how we portray ourselves to people external mm. to our company. Mm. Um, and my perception on that, and I, I presume you, you feel the same way, is um, if people choose not to work with us, because we have these logos or these things, like you can fuck right off. You like, absolutely can. Yeah, <laughs> I don't give two shits about yeah any any opinions that you have contrary to that. Yeah. Like I'm more than happy to support our team member in that in that instance, but also support that community of people that, like you said, you know, want to learn with us. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And you've got to imagine that. Anyone, anyone out there who's queer, who wants to attend any kind of clinic, right? They have that same um, potential fear that your employee had of bringing it up, right? But if you walk in the door and the door has a sign that says it's a safe space, mm. then that's so much easier. Ideal, mm. Ideally for them, one less barrier Yeah. Mm. in front of the many barriers that there are. Um, to you know specific healthcare, um, ideally one less barrier. Yeah, mm. there's still a lot that we need to learn around language and and mm. how to interact with people that mm. these uh, new grads and and anyone you know mm. without that life experience you you don't have those soft skills to mm. interact with people and respond mm. in the perfect way. Mm. Um, and there is no perfect way. No, know? there is not. So There is not. But there's so much to be learnt along the way. Mm. But if you can create a safe th- space that everyone feels welcome, mm. um, and as you say, Andrew, if people want to make that hard for anyone else, they can just fuck right off. <laughs> Lovely. Yes, they can. Um, well, I just fucked that peer right off. Um, <laughs> that was a very smooth <laughs> transition. Yes. Yes, it was a smooth transition, Andrew. Thank you. Uh, that's the end of part one. We've got two more parts with Sarah coming very, very soon. So keep an eye out for that. And we will see you in the next one. Goodbye.